Welcome to my podcast where I talk about all things related to money, mindset, finance, business, and investing. My name is Royston Cumberbatch, a qualified accountant with over 30 years' experience in finance and business. Coming from a very humble background, I have continuously challenged the assumptions and the expectations of what I'm capable of achieving for myself and others. Over the years, I've helped hundreds of entrepreneurs to decipher finance and to make more money and to run highly successful businesses. On this podcast, I will share with you tips, strategies, techniques, and tools that you can use to make more money, manage money better, and to maximize your success. Welcome to another episode of the Financial Intelligence Mindset Podcast. Uh, we bring you our guests from different backgrounds uh, all the time. And today I got a very, very special guest with me today. And uh, she, she started off more, like you say, in the academic world, uh, doing her MBA with London Business School as well. And then she ventured into consultancy and now she runs her own business. Welcome to Anna Shimanuska. I think I got the name right. So, Anna, welcome. Uh, please introduce yourself. And um, please just tell us about your background a bit and just like, you know, why do you go into business versus, say, uh, working for a big consultancy firm? So, uh, my background uh, is in uh, various, actually, um, areas. My very first um, uh, master's is in industrial engineering. Then I did renewable energy and finally uh, MBA at London Business School. Um, and I did work for big companies for about uh, seven, eight years, and I felt like I got enough of you know the experience that I needed. So um, that was the right time, I believe, you know, to start something on my own. Cool, cool, cool. So starting up on your own as a founder on your own, like, do you go into business with someone else, or was it just you? And your big idea and you just like i'm going to do it um i did have you know other people that kind of you know were sharing the uh, the passion and so i did not start completely on my own but uh, it's a very different you know think when someone just likes your idea and uh, someone that you know actually is able to help so um yeah i kind of had a lot of people that wanted to help but not necessarily knew how so for that reason you know the first year I just worked with different people and it was only a year after that I found, you know, a co-founder that is actually really adding value and is now staying with me for another year. So, um, yeah. All uh, right. All right. So basically you, I understand. So uh, if you were advising someone right now, who's going to go into business, right. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to start up, say with someone or on their own, but they were looking for a partner and there was that, that's kind of was stopping them from starting. What would you advise them to do? Wait until they get a partner or just go it alone if you can. It all depends. I always tell people, you know, it's best to start a business when you can, uh, in an area that you have uh, knowledge about. So that's why I never kind of started, you know, any fintech or Obviously, I know that like it would have us, you know, much uh, quicker, you know, uh, growth probably and better valuation. It's just because, you know, I would not be able to take care of, you know, of the product and I would not want to rely on anyone else. Um, so my always advice is to, to, to start a business where you can actually do it on your own. Um, and then, you know, 
work with people that obviously can complement your um, new skills. Um, and then also when you already decide to work with someone, to always make sure to to, to have contracts in place because I, uh, so many people come to me and say, oh, we have like, you know, a fallout with a, with a person, you know, they don't work and they want equity. And I'm like, no, no, no. How you work is you have to have a cliff, you have to have a vesting, you know, contract, vesting equity over three, four years um, and everything written, you know, in a contract. So that's kind of an advice I believe everyone is talking about. No one is following, but uh, people, you know, have to have to learn that at some point and we'll learn that hopefully. All right. Good, good, good. All right. So talk to us about uh, in terms of like when you're starting up, when you're looking to launch a business, what are some of the things based on your experience you must have in place? You must put in place. I mean, I mean, this is just in hindsight, in hindsight as well. Maybe yeah. things that you didn't have in place, but if you were starting again from scratch now, or you are advising yeah. someone to start, what are some of the things you say you must have in place to launch a business? Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's so many things. It's not one thing. It's definitely yeah. the witness, the belief in your product. Then you are need to be able actually to deliver the product. So many people have an idea, but don't know, actually know how to how to make the product. And I'm talking a lot about tech here because there are so many people, you know, starting something tech. They, they know what problem they want to solve and they know... Um, like, you know, um, what would be the ideal solution, but they didn't know how. So knowing this, I believe it's the most important. And then having the passion and being sure that like, you've actually have enough experience to know you don't have FOMO that you're not doing something else. I, I really admire people that, you know, start businesses at very early 20, 21, not having had like experience somewhere else, because I would definitely be like jealous about you know other people having stable jobs no i'm not anymore because i know the you know downsides of it and i'm not missing that um but also like th that's why the confidence is important and for many people it would be that's why it's advisable to first you know have similar somewhere else experience to later on like not regret anything that thing or uh, that is very important once you have your product you are able to build and you know you are also feeling like energetic you want to do this um is definitely a financial kind of you know plan so you definitely need as well you know to to have like an uh, idea you know where to get money from be sure that you have the financial runway for at least a few years so um yeah, yeah I got, don't worry, don't worry about the distraction, man. Don't worry about the noise, you know. Just yeah. just zoom in, focus in, once another fire alarm. I mean, look, you're a business person. You're yeah. a business person. You're currently in a, 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 a co-working space in London. You're doing well. You're sharing some stuff with, with, yeah. with people. It's all good. It's all good, you know what I mean? As long as people who listen can get some gems, that's the main thing, right? So, a lot, I mean, you said a few things. Obviously, this is called Financial Intelligence Mindset Podcast. So, we're going to deep dive in on, on the finance. But I just want to know, you know, for me, business and finance work hand in hand. So, we don't just talk about the finance. We talk about, you know, the financial intelligence, you know, of running the business. So, we already get into the finance bits. So, I, I, I hear what you say. Make sure you're passionate. Uh, make sure you, um, you know what you're going to get into. You, you, have, you have the knowledge. Make sure you have uh, a plan. So most businesses fail, right? It's a fact. Most businesses fail, yeah? Uh, but you had the confidence to go into it anyway. But I guess you did a business course or you did an MBA before going into business. So, I mean, I did an MBA as well. And I think my MBA has helped me when I moved from, say, doing accountancy jobs to doing like what I call transformation or consultancy jobs. Now, yeah. how, how important would you say someone going into business 
uh, in terms of uh, educating themselves about business whether it's an mba or a short course or how, how, how important would you say is having that educational background yes uh i think again it's all per comes down to really personal you know just um needs i guess i know so many people that say i don't need that and the most important is that they know they don't need that and it's fine i felt like i do because i knew that you know uh, if i didn't have it i'll be all the time asking myself am i doing things right you know do I do finances correctly? You know, uh, do I do the correct things about, you know, marketing, branding, you know, uh, team management? We are now a team of six, you know, and it's not given that, you know, uh, you know how to handle them. So um, I think I would just question myself much more if I didn't go through this. And the MBA gave me the confidence. I know that, like, I'm doing, you know, uh, things that probably, you know, no one would be able to do a thousand times better there's always people that you know are natural talent as well and naturally you know would lead um, a business better but um, again it's all about confidence and i'm just like making sure that like I've, I've made everything you know i could to prepare myself for that and um, and again and anytime I, i'm in doubt i'm always like thinking about you know these classes like you know uh, leading teams right you need to make sure that like you know everyone is actually also feeling like you know they are growing they they know what they do um you have to like you know the check-ins with them you have yes. to make sure that, you know train them they obviously you know need to stay motivated you also want that they stay as long as you know they they want you know with you and can so all of these things i would believe i, I think you know are coming from from mba definitely yeah i understand what you're saying because basically uh like i did mba as well i did like, like leadership development it gives you a framework of how to keep people inspired, how to make people have a kind of a, uh, a picture of the vision where you go in, because ultimately you want people to feel like um, they're on a growth path as well. It's, not, it's not, not just you growing your business, but the people who are working with you by the business growing, they're growing as well. So I hear what you said, and I think, I think you're right. I think doing MBAs and stuff gives you the framework, but there are people... Um, they're also self-made uh, entrepreneurs. They're, they're people who never who never did any courses. As a matter of fact, the guy I interviewed uh, before this, um, he uh, by the age of thirty, he had done four businesses, you know, mm, and yeah. Um, and yeah, he seemed to have some good story, and so do you as well. So okay, so you've been in business now for a few years, is that correct? Two years, yeah. Two years. So when you look back at two years now, when you say, "Wow, I've been in business for two years," what would you say has been your biggest sort of uh, learning point that you did not learn on an MBA, that a business, a practical business taught you that you didn't actually do in your MBA? Okay. Um, I act difficult, I act difficult questions, I know. No, no, because in, in the MBA, you definitely, you know, do so many cases on like, you know, huge company. So you feel like, you know, there is, I, I, I don't know if there is anything that like we went through that like other successful companies wouldn't, right? Uh, okay. We are, I believe, you know, in a very early trajectory. We, again, are only people, you know, a team of six people, which is, you know, not not huge. I'm aware of that. Um, so we definitely, like, didn't go through, like, a scale yet, you know, where I have to, like, you know, hire whole teams, you know, uh, and, like, yeah. um, you know, I, I kind of know what is expecting me. If you want to grow, if you want to, like, you know, search for more investment, we got, like, you know, very... Um, you know, early stage investment. I am aware that, like, you know, to 
make the company bigger we have to have a much bolder plan you know huge um just like you know growth uh, aggressive growth uh, plan and hire more, more people you know and, uh, and maybe like you know introduce more skus all of this so um i'm not sure if there's anything you know that like i I was completely you know, pained by, by shock. Again, I feel like I came into this quite prepared. You know, I worked for many years in, 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 in corporate before. And um, and then the MBA, I feel like that's the thing. It put me good enough to kind of not say... I like it. I like it. I like uh, it. Nothing like... But, well, I mean, that's good. I mean, that's good. I, I guess the London Business School MBA uh, is a very good program then in terms of equipping people for the business world. Okay. So what what would you say then has been your um your your biggest challenge being in the business for the last couple of years your biggest let's say not to say a learning point but what has been your biggest challenge something that you had to deal with that kind of put you on made you have to put your thinking cap on it's definitely growth so um there are obviously like on every aspect you know there are challenges right like you know customer service could be better i'm still thinking like you know how to um uh, automate it and not losing kind of you know this personal touch um yeah how to um also like grow the brand but also like grow the sales definitely yes. so something we you know obviously every business needs just more revenue and you know uh, higher margins so this is yeah I, I i always like whoever does like you know their business projection plan they always kind of you know show this hockey stick right like in this year i sold you know this amount i will do time 10 time 10 you know with the next year i just hire 10 more times more people you know and uh, and uh, get more investment and this is going to happen it does not work like this sometimes you have these roadblocks sometimes like you know you just uh, for some reason you know the growth is not coming and uh, and uh, this is definitely something you always kind of constantly need to think out of the box you know how to attract um, new partners you know there is uh, so many ways of selling uh, of this product and so many ways of positioning it um that we kind of still haven't explored everything so this is yeah a big challenge i got it i got it, i got it. all right so let's get into some of the meat of this discussion. So you're talking about uh, different products. So let's talk about, and you mentioned a keyword here, which I really like, which I think a lot of people don't uh, um, look at and it's so important. And it's a word called margin or gross profit margin. Yeah. So I guess that you have a range of products that you supply. First of all, do you want to talk about those products? And maybe do you want to talk about like how important is it to know your margin on a product? your gross profit margin yes it's super important uh, i'm teaching like my team all the time about like make sure you know how to calculate it i've created excel files for them you know to to calculate it for our you know uh, uh wholesale customers it is super important this is basically the selling point so we not only sell you know to uh, end customers but also uh, a lot into trade so like to resellers and for them you know the most important thing is like margin 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 so we definitely like you know need to do this kind of our second or third you know kind of selling point like you know this is a great product great reviews uh, a lot of customer base and you will make money with this um and uh, yeah so we basically are very much you know following this making sure that uh, we stay you know um uh, profitable um and uh, constantly you know improve our supply chain uh, negotiate prices. I also like my co-founder is really great at this. So she is like, you know, talking to all of our suppliers and factory, making sure that like, you know, with X amount of volume, you know, we, we get like, um, uh, a discount and yes. uh, we definitely all the time, you know, think about this. Our product is not even complicated. We have maybe around 15 suppliers only. So like, 
you know, you can count them almost on your on the fingers yeah. of your hand. Um, and yet, you know, it is still challenging because um, you have to make sure that, like, you know, every obviously there is no bottlenecks, like whatever, like one supplier, you know, defaults. Obviously, we can't deliver the product, and also, like, you know, some suppliers just like yeah are either out of stock. The next one is super expensive. Again, it can like just ruin you know your profits, right? Because yes. you are paying more for the product that you're going to sell it at. So we definitely you know have to like think about this all the time. This is kind yeah. of the I like it. it. I like it. And and for those people who are listening, when we talk about margin, um, it's also called the contribution ratio, right? Where margin is basically uh, you get your gross profit, which you have your you, you, you have basically your selling price, you have the direct cost that you pay for the product, which can include labor materials overheads. Then you get your gross profit and you take your gross profit as a percentage of your sales to get your margin. And that's called a contribution ratio because it contributes to your operational expenses. It contributes to your admin expenses. And I like what you said actually about um, managing the value chain, which, 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 which is what you spoke about earlier. Because for example, if um, a supplier, I don't know, doesn't um, um, provide the services on time, it can cause issue for the onward buyer, right? So I guess you are always managing that chain, that that value chain. And I like it. I like it. No, and it's funny because I always say to people that profit, and maybe I'll take your view on this, right? And I wouldn't ask you the question, but I said to my class yesterday, because I have a group coaching program, I said to them, profit, ask, ask each of them what is profit. And everybody said that profit is income minus expenses. But obviously, I, I tweaked their brain. I said, no, profit is uh, a reward for creating value. Profit is value creation. The more value you give, the more money you make. Um, so let me ask you a question. Um, saying profit is a, is a reward for value. Um, can you relate to that? Can you, I mean, how much... Would you say that being in business and adding value to others or being seen as a, a company that really gives value to others, how much does that help you to make profits? Um, well, first of all, you will not get revenue if someone thinks your product is useless. And um, uh, so just, you know, the, the fact that you're able to, you know, to sell a product and someone is willing to pay for it, I believe, you know, this is also like shows value, but obviously it has to be above your costs. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, and in, in my case, you know, I decided to, to do this product because I was a customer of similar products myself. So I, you know, kind of, I felt if I'm able to pay for the product, I'm hoping that like other will see the value too. Um, and the value we are giving is basically um, convenience. So ginger is quite a difficult, I would say, uh, vegetable root to, to handle. Um, you know, no one is eating like raw ginger. It's, it's you know, in, in, in big amounts. You, we added like grated a little bit to, um, to dishes. But if you actually want, you know, the benefit of it, you need to eat much more. And the only way is really uh, cold pressing it. And also not everyone has the cold press. And even though I have a cold press at home, I was still like couldn't be bothered of like doing this you know every time i wanted you know to to drink a ginger juice so i realized that um buying it uh, ready ginger juice is you know uh value 
and and then you know the value that the the root brings is also like for a reason we do ginger and not let's say apple because apple doesn't have you know the same health benefits it doesn't help you like you know with muscle recovery it doesn't help you like you know with flu conditions it doesn't help you like you know it doesn't give you the energy the same kick so um yeah we believe that there is value you know in the in the product in the in the ingredient but also in 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 the way kind of we uh we sell it so the form which is ready you know to drink juice wow 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 you know i really love it and i think um i think it's a good time to talk about your business in more detail on mm-hmm. what products you have and what i really like about your business and i think it definitely you're someone i would keep in touch with because um i'm a person um i really like to look at food as medicine mm-hmm. and you mentioned yeah. ginger and my heart just light up because i use things like ginger you know things like cayenne pepper i mean my mom who is still alive and still on the island here uh she plants i don't know um oregano she plants uh so much so much so much herbs even vicks even spearmint peppermints all these products and and when you said ginger i was like wow even even thing like turmeric so let's talk about your business your brand um what your business do and how does your business add value to people but more focus on the different products that you have i know that your business is called um uh fighter shorts yes. so let's talk about fighter shorts and what products as fighter shots provide mm-hmm. and, and why should someone do business with you oh uh, in, in what way because there are so many ways they could do business yeah, um, well, just yeah well, i say why 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 should okay. it not how but why okay um so the products uh, yes we do have um shots we sell shots uh we have five different skus so five different flavors uh they are all ginger based because we do believe in the in the benefits of ginger but they also have uh other mixes in it um like turmeric which you mentioned as well um and then manuka honey collagen and beetroot which you know we all believe are very very healthy and good for you and uh, we also have like you know the variety because i do think variety is important like you know there is no one ingredient that no matter how healthy it is your body does need um uh, variety and uh, so we very much also trying you know uh, through our uh, social media channels uh, we're trying to educate people and uh, we always like you know say in a week you need to eat at least 30 different you know uh plants uh, vegetables fruits or seeds um just so that like your body you know gets all the nutrients that you will not like get you know this from like no matter how you know healthy ginger or turmeric are you shouldn't ever just be eating that it's just like you know one of your 30 in a week i would say wow 30 in a week that's like i mean some people say six a day five a day it kind yeah. of makes sense i guess five a day times six days so five, different a different five a day right Be yeah yeah so yeah so your business does shots which is like i guess that makes sense like ginger shots is it like beetroot shots yeah. uh yeah and do you um do you manufacture them or do you just source and supply them talk mm-hmm. to us up to, yeah talk to us about that a bit more yeah, so we, well, it's it's not our factory, it's a third-party factory, but we are responsible for the whole process. So we supply them with uh, all the ingredients, we source ingredients uh, separately. As I've mentioned, we have 15 different suppliers and we have to make sure that like everything, you know, is uh, arriving in the factory on time and then that the factory, you know, uh, manufactures the product to our specification. 
um, and it's all made here in the UK with no additives. It's all cold pressed and natural. So I like it. Great. I like it. So your so your core business, your core business is shorts. Is that my correct? Yeah. It's just yes. shorts, yes. five yes. different five different shorts. You manufacture them yeah. and then you sell them on in wholesale and retail. Am I correct? Yes. Yes, yes, that's right. I like it. It's a it's a great business. So normally, when I go to herb shops, etc., I, I see like the beetroot shorts or the ginger shorts or the different shorts. Mm. Um, so now I probably um, encourage people to look for fighter shorts. Hopefully, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, all right. So let's move the conversation onwards. So currently, I mean, in terms of your plan for like a scale up, because as you said earlier. Scale up, mm. scale up is important, I guess, to surviving business, right? Yes. I think I was, I was listening to Grant Cardone and he was saying, there's many, many people say there is no point in playing small. Yeah. So yeah. like, what, what would you say is your kind of uh, strategic outlook, your plan, your big plan for the business, like in terms of scaling it and going bigger? Yeah, we have several, uh, so to say, um, scenarios, really. Um, the basic one is, you know, the organic growth. I believe has, you know, it's really for every business where we are trying, like, you know, with our small team, you know, to, to, to do the sales. We are also, like, giving it a go, you know, on digital marketing and paid ads. And we want to kind of, you know, first make sure that we understand how it works before we throw too much money at it. Yes. So we want to have, like, you know, early um, results and see kind of, you know, how that works. And if we decide that, okay, throwing more money will, you know, bring um, um, return, then we, we, are, we are considering like, you know, either further investment or loans or, um, yeah, we, we already like, you know, have several people interested in investing. So we might bring it further. But again, we don't want to overpromise. We want to make sure that like, you know, there is definitely market for it and that we are ready, you know, for, for it. So um, we are definitely like not too aggressive, I would say. There are so many businesses that within two years obviously have grown like, you know, to hundreds of millions of revenue. We plan, you know, maybe half a million of revenue this year, which again, I'm still very happy with. I still think like, you know, I've, I'm, I'm learning so much and, you know, it's, it's sustainable it's profitable so um i don't kind of have the urge to to go faster especially that i really enjoy what we are doing and i really kind of like seeing you know every step like you know by my on my own i i again from mba i exactly know like what would be the uh, recipe for like growing i know a much you know more aggressive company you know i would prepare prepare like you know a fantastic deck promising you know 100 million sales by next year <laughs> investors raise a few million but then you know i would need to stress with actually delivering that right and i feel like it's not necessary um i also again don't want to overpromise and want to make sure that what we do is sustainable yeah makes sense i, I like it i like it because oftentimes mm -hmm. like as you said you want to make sure that you kind of have a, a model whereby you know if you put in an extra uh, million you will make five million as opposed to just pumping money at something that's leaking money right yeah. and uh, and uh, yeah, I, I quite like what you said right so in terms of um you know your business and in terms of um at the moment you say that the main way that you want to grow is organically and for me and i actually use it a lot as i say free free cash flow which is obviously after you cover all your expenses in terms of capital expenditure as well, you have yeah. some money, you have some money left over to pump back into the business. So yeah. to me, so to me, that's really, really important. So when, so when you started the business, 
So did you start up with like your own capital or did you take funding? Um, how did you how, how did you fund the startup? No, I think at the beginning, you always like, you know, need some sort of an investment to at least have um, the so-called MVP yeah. and you know, do some sales to even for yourself to kind of understand, is it working or not? And in my case, yeah, I definitely put some money myself and the first funding we only got a year after. So for the first year where we generated, I think we've already like, you know, at least a hundred thousand sales maybe, yes. maybe almost there i think um that was all generated yet yeah, with own funds and I like it like this and that's called bootstrapping so you kind of bootstrap the startup and, and yeah. when you said mvp for people who listen goes what is hell is mvp it's a minimum viable product so you obviously prove that you have uh, a product that uh, people want it's in demand it's making profit and then you kind of got some investment in all right so let's get some of the financial stuff now. So what are some of the key metrics or key numbers would you say that you as the owner, um, I know it's been touched on margin already, but what are some of the other key numbers that you kind of look, when, when you come in to manage your business or you come in to monitor the business performance, what are some of the key numbers that you, you look at and you think anybody in a manufacturing business should be looking at so i think yeah, here the the numbers are definitely much easier than like as i already mentioned you know some tech businesses are have completely different metrics our product you know a physical product fmcg product has um quite simple metrics so basically you obviously need to you know look at the revenue you know is it uh, uh is it are we generating enough money you know for for further productions um another very important metrics for us is uh, returning you know customer base and uh, yes. we're happy that for us it's around 40 percent according to our shopify store we are not like uh, also um you know, we get so many orders like per email and I have to like admit we are not tracking all of the kind of channels. Like there obviously is, you know, other customers and other ones and, you know, and that's it. There are a lot of customers that do come back. Um, but from the Shopify channel, it's around 40%. Um, we have thousands of customers, thousands of orders as well. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, it's quite a number that, you know, uh, you can, um, you know, that uh, statistically does make sense. Um so uh, LT because it's you know it kind of help you with the LTV long term value right uh, yeah. you you know that if customers come back um, it's super important because then you know how much actually value or profit they can you know uh, bring to your company and then you also know how much you know the acquisition of the customer should cost and because we have clients that spend you know thousands of you know pounds again and these are individual customers we exactly know that it would make sense to kind of you know look into more expensive acquisition channels which we haven't tried yet we literally are just starting you know with with digital marketing um but we have been observing this because we now know we can afford it and there is there is it makes sense because we know that like you know once we acquire the customer 40% of them will stay with us and some, you know, some we have from the beginning, like four, two years, which is like fantastic. And some, you know, uh, order uh, our products on subscription, you know, every, every two weeks, every month. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, you know, super important to know, like, what is your loyalty of your customers? I like that. So that's a kind of a, a top level matrix. And it's important because actually, currently, I'm actually building a kind of, you know, call it a, a small, a mini system. I mean, I've got a lot of systems. 
I'm a, I'm about actually to promote for businesses that are actually failing because most businesses fail. And I came up with like seven C's. It all starts in C's. The top one is called a customer acquisition and retention. And you and it's funny that you actually hammer on on retention because obviously customer retention is so important. I haven't repeat customers because normally it's cheaper to retain a customer than it is to acquire a customer. And even when you acquire a customer because it's more expensive, you want to retain them. I like that. That's a really, really important metrics. I like that. So what are some of like, I mean, can, can you share a couple more metrics? I, I know that you mainly not, not a financial person, but I just want to hammer in a little bit more on, let's say, okay, let's say how important is financial planning? How important mm. is how important is cash flow management? I mean, you as the founder, I mean, do you leave all that to someone else or do you still keep um, your hand on the handle? No, we definitely, well, I, I do have like theoretical, you know, financial background. So in the MBA, I was specializing in, in finance. So I just understand, you know, more or less, you know, how, how finance works. And again, because it's a quite easy product and um, uh, it's easier, I guess, you know, to just understand, you know, what is our financial position and, you know, and cash flows. So I definitely, you know, just need to make sure that's why I, you know, closely observe what is our revenue. Can we afford a next production run? And, um, you know, we, we, we produce every two months our products um, uh, and, and through each production as well. Like, you know, I, I always, you know, make sure that like the margin, again, the margins, you know, are, are uh, enough. And only then, you know, I make, I'm making like, you know, the overhead decisions. So like, you know, can we spend now more money on marketing? There are so many ways of like so many agencies that contact you or kind of so many influencers, you know, yes. and you know, that this is not a direct, you know, uh, kind of investment into sales. It, it may or may not uh, come back uh, to you. So um, we only make this decision, you know, after like we, we exactly understand yet yeah, what is our, what is our margin and can we afford this? Because I definitely don't want like, you know, to. Uh, to lose money and uh, and worry then so we do it very carefully I, I, I get it i get it i get it so when you spend money on marketing you want to be sure that you're going to get back the money but obviously the people i think marketing is more of an investment right but, but but then again you want to make sure that you have the right people doing yeah. your marketing and you're not just throwing money at marketing and it's yeah. not giving you any more sales as it's kind of pointless right yeah i mean you know, i have to get it it's an investment that might not be back <laughs> but um, I'm also making sure that we actually, you know, um, like pay this with our profits. So ah, yes, correct, correct. I know that, you know, this is our margin and this is like our profit. I know that this is now, you know, what we can spend on marketing and not all the way around first spending on marketing and then hoping that like we sell enough. I like it. I like it. Correct. You make sure you have some free cash flow. Um, yeah. And I always say to people, profits is not cash. Um, but at least you make sure that you have some profits first, then mm -hmm. you then you have the cash, and then you're going to use a portion of that into marketing as opposed to spending the yeah just hoping to spend some money and make some profits. It doesn't really make sense like that. Okay, mm -hmm. so how important is I mean you, you mentioned revenue quite a bit, but how important is just cash flow management as a whole for you? Like you know like when I say cash flow management, like knowing your cash runway. Like in terms of making sure that you have enough money to continue operations for the next six, yes. six to twelve months. Yeah. 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 So again, if if we don't, you know, have enough uh, in the bank account, we are just not able to produce. And although we do negotiate with our suppliers, um, you know, the payment terms, uh, they are like maximum thirty days. Yeah. So 
we also like, you know, cannot and, and, and some of them still like require cash, like, you know. Um, so we would not be able to, to make an next production run if we didn't have, you know, any, any financial uh, resources. So for that reason, you know, it would just stop the business, literally. This is as important. Like, of course, exactly. No money, no business. So you got to make sure that you have yeah, mm -hmm. money, your money in the bank, but also you understand, as you said, the cash runway. You understand that you, you, you got to keep pumping money back into manufacturing, make goods, sell the goods, make mm -hmm. money, pump money back in. Cool, cool, cool. I got it. I got it. So, um, well, let me ask you the question because I ask everyone who come on this podcast a question. Yeah. What does the term financial intelligence means to you? Um, I guess just being, uh, yeah, I guess wise with money that you know what you actually do, that whenever you put like, you know, the investor money, you know what actually you are doing, which again, it doesn't mean that we all know, right? We a lot invest into stock that we don't understand, not to mention cryptocurrencies that like, I guess no one really understands. Um, so I wouldn't call this, you know, financial intelligence. Um, and then like, you know, making kind of the, um, ends meet right like not worrying that you know how am i going to pay the bills next month and being ready for like you know um unexpected expenses is definitely part of financial intelligence i like it i like it making wise decisions and having cash reserves as you said and knowing what you're doing with your money knowing mm -hmm. how your money is going to work for you I like it. I like it. So, um, Anna, so in terms of like fighting shots and in terms of your business, um, if someone was trying to like, you know, get to know more about you and more about your business, where can they find you? I mean, cause obviously you, you just like within two years into the business, uh, you said investors are knocking on your door, marketing persons are knocking on your door. You seem to be doing quite well from our initial conversation and from having this, this conversation now, but if someone wanted to like, you know, what's a really great product i think i can uh, maybe buy some wholesale or i can uh, i want to buy some retail where can yeah. they find you where can they find you and your product yeah. so we have on our website fightershots.co.uk there is you know uh, an email provided and uh, so we welcome any contacts you know via this email and uh, we do man you know this email 24 7 almost so we are very happy like you know to provide uh, wholesale prices and uh, negotiate you know prices according to volumes uh, so yeah we are very much uh, available yeah there. yeah and currently do you ship your products anyway at all like do you export yeah, so uh, so we ship, you know, all across UK and uh, the Highlands even and uh, Ireland, Northern Ireland. Uh, it is possible to buy uh, also like that we ship, you know, our product to the EU. But obviously now the prices went up a little bit, but we still have, you know, some customers in the EU. But they were all shipped from the UK and then we are available in the UAE. So we also have another fulfillment center in the UAE um, and uh, in the Emirates. And so, yeah, also customers can can try our product there. Cool, cool, cool. So, your operations is is it completely UK based? Is UK manufacturing? It is all um, manufactured, but then we export to the UAE, and we have a warehouse there, and yeah, we we sell locally there. Ah, okay, cool. And do you import products? I guess you import the ginger and all like the raw materials. Yeah, yeah. Correct? yeah. So, UK, yeah, so exactly. So you do import, export, manufacturing. So you got your hands full for a team of six people, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, but as I said, you know, manufacturing is happening every two months. So it's not like an everyday thing. Uh, it's like a week, you know, every two months that, yeah, I'm completely like just dealing with, with manufacturing. 
yeah so of course so there is like a kind of what they call it a cycle a, there is a production cycle a production distribution cycle which you have to manage wow wow but look anna um um it's been really great to have you on and i know that you are super busy i appreciate you coming on and sharing some gems um and yeah i mean so and what's your can someone contact you directly on I mean, where can they find you on social media uh, well linkedin i am very active on linkedin as well so definitely on linkedin on linkedin and i'll be obviously posting this on linkedin as well as well as uh in are you on instagram uh the brand is personally okay. i'm not but also we, we read the emails again i think everyone in our team has access to that so email all right so email is, yeah. the, is, is the is the place to find you which is fight, fighter shorts not mm. uh uk is that correct that, that's the website am i correct Yes, and on, on, on the website there is an email and you can get information on fighter shots and I, i'm not going to keep you because you've been really really uh, a great guest to have on you shared so many gems and if there's anything at all i can do for you do get in touch i myself i will be in touch with you so i want to say a massive thank you for coming on i want to thank wish you. you a very good day thank you very much Weston. have a good day too cheers Thank you very much for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can find out more about me by Googling my name, Royston Cumberbatch. I'm on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can find me on YouTube as Roy Cumberbatch. And if you are listening on YouTube, please hit that uh, subscribe button. Or you can find me on my website at www.ratmac.com. That's R A C macs.com it'd be great to hear from you and do feel free to tell me about any topics you want me to cover on future episodes until next time be good to yourself and others keep positive and reaching for your financial goals bye-bye